Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. Yet sadly, the number of scams and various other fraudulent means of targeting us seniors are on the rise, and many of these crimes are actually perpetrated by those in our own peer group. Yep, there are a whopping 14 million people over the age of 50 in our country who have antisocial, narcissistic, borderline, or histrionic personality disorders. In other words, they are senior sociopaths. And our guest today, Donna Anderson, knows firsthand what living with a senior sociopath is like. In fact, she married one. But rather than retreating into self-pity and bitterness, Donna has turned her own misfortune around by sharing her story so that others can learn from her experience. She's the author of eight books on the topic, including Love Fraud, Red Flags of Love Fraud, Ten Signs You're Dating a Sociopath, and now her latest book, Senior Sociopath, How to Recognize and Escape Lifelong Abusers. This topic is both fascinating and frightening, and either way, I want to find out more. So welcome, Donna. Thank you so much, Eileen. I'm so glad to be here. Well, obviously, you know, I'm very happy to have you because we had a chance to chat beforehand. And I want to reiterate a little bit of what I'd said because I want to start out by commending you on your work. I guess you're a journalist by trade. And, of course, after this horrendous experience on your own, you use your skills and knowledge to research the topic and then share your findings and your feelings so that others could avoid the worst when they are living with a sociopath. So my heartfelt congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, it, it was a pretty devastating experience. Um, I married a guy who took $227,000 from me. He cheated oh. with like six different women during our two-and-a-half-year relationship. He had a child with one of those women. And then 10 days after I left him, not 10 days after divorce, but 10 days after I left him, he married the mother of the child, which was the second time he committed bigamy. And needless to say, my head was spinning when I finally just figured out what was going on. And I was talking to my therapist and describing his outrageous betrayals. And she said, he sounds like a sociopath. And I'm like, sociopath? What's that? So I started researching it. And through my research, developed my website, lovefraud.com, and wrote these books. And yes, uh, I'm hoping to share what I experienced and learned with others so that they can benefit from what I went through. Wow. Well, and, and then how long after that? I mean, your website, I've been on it. It is an amazing resource, and you offer a variety of services, including uh, <laughs> you are a personal counselor for people going through that. And, I mean, my gosh, when you need support, someone who knows what, what it's like it can be so helpful. But let's begin with the basics, if we can, because – how do you define what a sociopath is? In your book, you have a specific definition, well, a specifically broad definition, I'll say that. Well, I define a sociopath as someone who has a serious personality disorder in which they exploit and manipulate others. And um, the word sociopath is actually no longer an official diagnosis for anything. 
Um, but I use it as an umbrella term to cover what the American Psychiatric Association calls cluster B personality disorders, which you mentioned in your intro, and those are antisocial, narcissistic, borderline, and histrionic personality disorders plus psychopathy. And the reason I do this is because there's a lot of overlap among these disorders. The, the people engage, who have these disorders engage in similar behaviors. The bottom line is they're all bad news for the rest of us, and it's, it's just too complicated to try and parse out which person has which disorder. All you need to know is that there are people who – um, seriously have different objectives in life and uh, their objective is to get what they can out of other people and exploit and manipulate them. So I call all of them sociopaths and we just need to know that they're out there and to protect ourselves from them. Well, another thing is that uh, that you debunk. I mean, well, not another you didn't debunk, but you know, sociopath, your own kind of definition. But a lot of, uh, I think, even people in the mental health field would say that, oh well, sociopaths mellow, mellow with age. But you've conducted a number of surveys that show totally different results. So tell us about some of those. Yeah, um, that is actually a very. Pre- prevailing view in the mental health field. In fact, I saw it in several psychiatry textbooks that sociopaths, once they get into their 40s, they start mellowing out and engaging in less antisocial behavior. Well, this made no sense to me because my ex-husband was 55 when I met him. I certainly wasn't his first victim. There were plenty before me, and then there were plenty after me. So this guy never burned out. And so what I did Um, was I conducted a survey of love fraud readers because I've heard the same thing from hundreds of people that they were dealing with disordered individuals who were in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70 years old. And I collected about um, nearly 2,400 survey responses. And one of the questions that I asked was, if you knew the individual both before and after age 50, how did their behavior change? And 91% of the survey respondents said that the behavior was just as bad or worse after age 50. Oh, my goodness. Unbelievable. And I do want to get into now to some of the specifics in the book because what I thought was really, really helpful, well, there's a lot of things that were helpful, but it's just you didn't just go into romantic relationships and marriage, but you went into senior sociopaths and issues in parenting, toxic family ties, work colleagues, neighbors. So what are some of the ways, I mean, again, this is, I'm asking a broad answer here, but what are some of the early clues that you might be encountering a senior sociopath in some realm of your life? Well, they do have traits to look for. Uh, One of the big ones is lying. Uh, All sociopaths lie. They tell big lies, little lies, stupid lies. They lie when they'd be better off telling the truth. Um, They often can be very charming and charismatic uh, when they want to be uh, because that's usually when they're in the process of trying to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. Um, But if you have a senior sociopath as a family member, um, you can observe them being charming for an audience, but, you know, back at the house or or something like that, they're they're just cold and rude and and everything else. Um, They tend to blame other people for everything that goes wrong in their life. Uh, 
they tend to engage in a pity party uh, where everything is, you know, woe me, that, you know, everything's bad is happening to me, um, but they never take any responsibility for their own life. And uh, they also do not have the ability to put anybody else's interests or needs before their own. Well, another aspect in the book that really I thought was actually, I mean, this book is going to, and your website, all the services you offer, but really going to be helpful because there are so many of them out there and people are going to fall victim to them and and this information is great. But the last two chapters in the book were basically devoted into what can you do to get away from a senior sociopath. So can you share a couple of those uh, thoughts uh, with us? Well, yeah, because actually what I did was two surveys, and the first survey collected uh, all the data as far as what these experiences were like, and the second survey, I specifically asked people how they coped with what happened to them and what advice they had for people who were in these situations. And the bottom line is that once you realize that you are dealing with a senior sociopath or any sociopath for that matter, the best thing you can do is get this person out of your life. And um, sometimes that means getting a divorce. Uh, sometimes that means cutting ties with family members. I've, I've heard of people who cut ties with their parents or with their children. Uh, it's very painful, but it, it's the best yeah. thing to do to protect yourself. Yeah, but boy, that's tricky too because, again, in many of the examples you showed, uh, these the, the sociopaths don't give up easily. In many cases, that's that's true. And so, what we suggest is no contact. And and again, this this kind of depends on your situation because uh, there are some cases that I talk about in the book where. Um, like, for example, people who've been married for a long time, they they rationally come to the conclusion that the least bad option is to stay in the relationship. And they just figure out a way to disengage emotionally and live their own lives and kind of, you know, almost like roommates with this other person. Um, but the thing is, when you do have the ability to go no contact, what that means is no contact. You, you don't talk to them, you don't have emails, you don't do text messages, you don't visit their Facebook page. And the more you can maintain your distance, the more their grip on you dis- dissipates because they, they, they sink their hooks into you and it's very difficult to disentangle yourself emotionally. And the way you find the strength to do that is by cutting off contact and not having them in your life. Well, and I want to get into your website, too, because I'm not – well, first off, please give it the website URL again. It's lovefraud.com, and I actually have a secondary one, education.lovefraud.com, and they're linked so you can find them. And the second one is where we offer lots of webinars for people who want to educate themselves or, or look for tactics and strategies for escaping and recovery. Oh, Donna, because, I, I mean, your work is really so important. And I watched the video that I saw uh, most recently was the one where you talked about, and I'm going to use your words here, when you collapsed and how you mm. found later that that was such an important growth period for you. Yeah, um I can say that my experience was absolutely devastating. 
um, because I, I was wiped out. I mean, he took all my money. He ruined my business. Uh, you know, I, I, I lost just about everything. I was heavily in debt. And, um, but I actually, in my divorce, I actually won my case, and the judge awarded me um, all that was taken from me, the $227,000, plus a million dollars in punitive damages. And I thought I could find it. I, you know, I actually went on an international search looking for this money, and it was gone. I mean, all the money that he had taken from me and everybody before me was just gone, and I was never able to find anything. And when I had to accept that I was not going to get any recovery, that's when I collapsed. And, I mean, it was it was an emotional collapse. It was just letting go of what had happened. Um, but that also was the key to my recovery because the the recovery process means allowing yourself to feel the pain of the betrayal and what has happened to you, the grief, the anger, the disappointment. When you can process those emotions and get them out of your system, that's when you can move forward. Well, Donna, I'm sure that any of our listeners out there who are experiencing uh, the kinds of situations that you're talking about or whether it's a close relationship or even a somewhat more distant one, I mean, connecting or being involved in the life of a senior sociopath has to be really rough. And you provide solid information, researched information, uh, plus you provide that emotional support. And that, I think, is just really key. It really is, and um, I have on my website lots and lots of stories that readers have submitted, you know, telling what happened to them, and people find it heartening to read the stories because typically what happens when you've been conned or swindled or taken advantage of like this, the first person you blame is yourself, you know, for not seeing yeah. what's been going on, and then after that, you think it's, you're the only one it ever happened to. So even though it's, of course, we don't want to see anybody get hurt, it is somewhat comforting to realize that you're not alone. I mean, there's millions of these peoples out there. They, they are not obvious. You, you, you can spot them, but you need to know what to look for. So it can happen to anybody. And especially because they can be so charming. And, uh, and two, I, I know from your own background, from what I've seen of it, um, I mean, you were you know, really successful at a young age. You did really well in school. You're starting out. You had a great career, lots of friends and all that. But you were kind of looking for a mate, and uh, somehow <laughs> you ended up with that guy. So, I mean, it's not like people that don't have resources or aren't, you know, or aren't in the know. I mean, it can happen to anybody, like you said. Yeah, and a lot of the women that I talk to who find themselves in these situations, and the men as well, they're professionals, they're educated, they're successful. And, of course, there's a reason for that, because if a sociopath wants to target someone, they want someone with resources, <laughs> you know? And, and so, yeah. but the thing is, we're, we're all vulnerable. We all have vulnerabilities, and sociopaths hook us by figuring out what our vulnerability is and then using it to draw them to draw us in so that they can get what they want. Wow, Donna. Well, I was definitely, as you know, really looking forward to this interview. You have surpassed my expectations. It's been a real treat for me, and I know so helpful so for so many people out there to get a chance to chat with you and find out more. So uh, any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience before we close? Well, the only thing is that 
if you realize that you're involved with a senior sociopath, use that information to figure out the best um, path forward for you because they will not change. There's no point ruining your own life, waiting for them to change, because it's not going to happen. So you should take the steps that you need to to protect yourself and move forward. Well, on that very salient note, <laughs> I will say goodbye. Bid you adieu, Donna. Thank you so much for your time, your thoughts, and all this information about this vitally important topic. Uh, thank you so much. Well, and for all you listeners out there, please, especially if you know anybody or maybe you have encountered a senior sociopath yourself, be sure to check out Donna's books. I'm looking, I'm holding this one in my hand right now, Senior Sociopaths, How to Recognize and Escape Lifelong Abusers, as well as her website, lovefraud.com. You're going to get a wealth of critical information, various resources, and real help with any of the issues you may be experiencing. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.